Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. We're just going to let Judd make noises actually over the music. I'm just humming. I'm humming along. I'm humming along. Those are the noises of a happy man who just observed Vikings OTAs. Dude, you you got some splash today. Yep. Did you put sunscreen on? No. I probably should have, but you know it's uh, it, it it was fine. When you got to be safe. Your your nose and cheeks look red. I would I would apply at least some SPF thirty for the mandatories. Mm, yeah, I should have worn a hat too today. But I was very comfortable when I got there. It was a nice little breeze when I got there. It was very very nice out. But the breeze doesn't like it doesn't like oh, blow away the UV rays. No, know? it doesn't. No, nope, it does not. It does old, not. But old Macadac. I'm out there the to watch way. football. I'm out there to watch football. I'm I'm out there to absorb. So my first training camp, like covering the whole thing, was 2007, and you were out there too. Is Brad Childress's second year? That was also the first summer that I started shaving my head just for oh, ease yeah. and comfort. Yeah. And uh, so I was—I had never, like, in my life, had to worry about putting sunscreen on my head. I would just like, you know, put it on right. my arms and stuff. I just like didn't put it on the top of my head. I was—I mm. was like two degrees away from heat stroke. I got back to my hotel at the American. And it was two days. It was like two hours in the late morning, and then two hours in the afternoon. Special teams, whatever. No clouds in the sky. My heart was like palpitating. That's, I've had that. That's I had to good. fill a cold bath. I called my mom. I was like, "What do I do?" She's those? like, yeah. "I don't know. Figure it out. Google it." Yeah, sounds like my mother. <laughs> Got to get in the bathtub. Put that's a washcloth right on your head or something. That's yeah. the exact right call. But yeah, you know what? That's for training camp. Little hour and a half session today. Come on. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully you you filled up the the digital notebook in your phone here with some observations, because this is Judd's OTA observations live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel here. If you're just trickling in here, thanks for hanging out with us. Click the subscribe button and the like button so we can spread the word about this awesome community of Vikings fans that you guys are helping us build. Presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love at TCL. Inspire greatness with TCL. Uh, If it was up to Declan and I, we would just spend the entire episode breaking down the PGA and Live merger today. Oh, Royce uh, did a marvelous job of that. Yeah, we set up that with it. He had had no idea it happened. I sent him a note saying, hey, we're going to bring this up with you. What? Uh, You know, we record... You know, behind the scenes here, we recorded like 9.45 a.m. every day with Royce. I text him at 9.15, hey, 
we're going to break down this PGA Live merger with. And, of course, I get no response. He jumps on and goes, well, what are we going to talk about today? And it's like, well, we're going to talk about the PGA and Live merger. The what? Oh, wow. What? He was he was totally shocked. Yeah. He was, like, totally shocked by it. And it shocked the world of golf. So there you go. Need, need more details here. But uh, anyhow, so let's get into it here. Judd's OTA observations. We sent Judd mm-hmm. out again with mm. – with uh, some some field glasses, with his virtual slash digital notebook on his phone, and years of experience observing football practices. So, what was uh, what's the number one thing in your jottings here from today? Trained eye, trained eye is what I like to call mm-hmm. it. Uh, first of all, I saw in uh, in a late practice two minute hurry up drill. I actually saw some nice catches. Kirk Cousins, like wait, 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 I. Got the note right here. Kirk Cousins to um, Tristan Jackson. And then Nick Mullins in the same drill right after that. Great completion to Brandon Powell. Saw some nice catches. Okay, uh, Those were followed up then by, of course, field goal attempts. I don't think I saw a miss today. I don't think I saw a miss. We might need to start charting so and we can have a full. Just... Well, here's the problem. We can't watch from below the goalpost, and so you're watching from the side. And as you know, Phil, that's always difficult. That's always a little bit dicey because yeah, you can't really tell for sure. Yeah. Uh, but not only not only did Greg Joseph, as far as I could see, reach perfection today, but so did is it Jack Podlensny? Is he the he, other? Oh, he's the he's the Georgia kid. Pod yep. Lesney, I believe. Pod Lesney, yeah. yeah. He also, and I, I like it's easy follow through. I like this kid. Mm-hmm. I think we could have a competition, boy. We should. I know. I, I know that. Could. I know. I agree. I don't think they're. I think Greg Joseph's the kicker, but like he's look at he's missed more extra points than any kicker in football. I know Declan doesn't think the Vikings have a kicking problem. No, there's not a kicking problem. But like if if this young dude from Georgia lights it up for the next couple months. And old Greg misses a couple extra points in a preseason game. You know, yeah, he's and not untouchable. Let's put it that way. As was pointed out to me, and this is absolutely correct. Um, we went into training camp last year thinking there was no punter competition. Right, that Ryan Wright was just a camp leg, and mm-hmm. he won the job. So all I'm saying is, this is the first time I've seen the kid's leg. Easy follow through. I liked it. Now let's get to the talking points. All right, talking point one. So I think there's going to be probably some, and this is fine. I think there's probably going to be some excitement about fifth-round quarterback Jaron Hall. And, like, what is his role potentially going to be? Is he going to make the roster? Is he a practice squad guy? Would you even try to get him through to the practice squad because he can be claimed? I will say, and it's an OTA, um, I tend not to get too excited when when things happen in OTAs or in next week's minicamp, but I think it's fair to, to after you start to watch these sort of pass judgment on where a guy is at just a little bit. Um, Don't get excited here. Nick Mullins is the backup. Like, he ain't getting beat out. When they ran the two-minute drill at the end, and this was an interesting thing. When they ran that drill, Kirk obviously ran the first-team drill. Mullins ran the second-team drill, despite the fact that it's a 90-man roster, but lots of guys not there, or some guys not there, they did not have a Hall run the drill. Now, what was interesting about it was after practice, Mullins stuck around with a coaching script and had Hall and a few of the young 
receivers who are huge long shots to make the team actually run through the script. So Mullins was a pseudo quarterback coach. Um, but I so think Mullen, that, Mullins was helping Jaron Hall specifically, or yes, he was helping Jaron Hall okay. specifically. He so, was, so the headline here is Kirk Cousins refuses to help yeah. Jaron Hall. Uh, the no, it's Kirk Cousins <laughs> is too damn rich to care, and I don't blame him one bit. He went in the locker room, which is what I would have done. Um, but the headline here is patience is going to be the absolute key. Jaron Hall is not going to make, I don't think, a surprise. Oh my God, he's playing great. I think that the coaching staff's mentality with Jaron Hall is going to, through training camp and obviously the preseason games and stuff, is to be very, very uh, cautious. And as I'm, as I think the best way to put this is Jaron Hall, more of a project than a prospect right now. Yeah. And another headline on this, I guess, could be if you're trying to win games this season and your starting quarterback goes down, who do you trust more? A guy who has competently started 17 career games in the NFL, Nick Mullins, or a rookie fifth round pick? But Brock Purdy, okay, Brock Purdy is like the one outlier with a head coach in Kyle Shanahan who has a proven track record as a coach and a coordinator of just like getting the most out of every quarterback pretty much. So I, I don't, I don't, first of all, this is not surprising at all. I don't, I don't think there should be any chatter about Jaron Hall unseating Nick Mullins. And I think the question is, do they like Jaron Hall enough to keep him on the active 53 man roster? And how do the new rules, I feel like, so they kind of tweaked the quarterback, like the third quarterback rule, or maybe they didn't. So as long as you have a third quarterback on your 53-man roster, he can be designated as an emergency third quarterback. But you could pull a quarterback up from the practice squad previously too, right? Yeah, and I think now, so now I think you can't. It's So Seifert was trying to explain it to me today, and it's extremely confusing. Uh, but no, nobody knows the rules of this league. It's like, the, like the math gift. Like of yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> but Kevin Seifert of ESPN, our friend, is about as in touch with the rules as, as an outsider can be. And his prediction is teams will not do this because it would require carrying an extra quarterback on a roster where teams try and carry guys who are obviously not long shots to play. And keep in mind, too, when we talk about Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy only got a chance because everybody else went down. So like there is an Armageddon Jaron Hall possibility, but it's, but, but it is ordinarily Armageddon. So, but yeah, Kevin told me that he actually thinks that most teams won't do this and it does leave open the door for would the Vikings try and sneak Jaron Hall through to the practice squad. So I'm trying to, I just did a quick Google search for how many teams carried three quarterbacks on their 53 man roster. And I found something from Pro Football Network, and it changes. Like, there's waiver claims and stuff. But on roster cuts at the end of August, it looks like 13 teams had a third quarterback. So 13 out of 32 a year ago had a third quarterback on their 53-man roster. So you, I, I would think this is a tough one because, God, you draft Jaron Hall with one of your limited. You didn't have that many. It wasn't like you had 12 draft picks and you just get, I mean, he was one of your, what, five or what, six draft picks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you like him, but, you, but you're, you're going to basically take up a 53-man roster spot for him to do nothing all year except Correct. learn and in a, a year in which you're trying to right. win. Yes. Yes. Which with a is... secondary of young players that can't stay healthy, too. You need those roster spots. So Quazy and KOC both often talk about trying to win between the margins. 
And I don't know that carrying a third quarterback who, to your point, Phil, is never going to play is doing that. Hmm. It's going to be a choice. Interesting. But then again, okay, yep. let's say you try to let's say you try to sneak him, you try to Tyler Thigpen him right through oh, uh, the waiver. I love you out there. Is another team, is he going to be ready enough where another team claims him for their 53-man roster? I actually think he's potentially safe to just slide to the practice squad. And we're also three months before that decision has to Unless be made. Unless the Cardinals or Titans come here for a joint practice and love him like the Chiefs did with Tyler Thigpen, and then they steal him away from you. And maybe, then maybe he has a shoulder injury for those workouts yep. and he doesn't, doesn't practice. But I, but I will say this, uh, to tie back to your point about Purdy. Jaron Hall, in my opinion, is not going to be that. Like, they're not going to I, – I don't see – and I'm fine with this. I don't see any expectation beyond they're trying to basically teach him the fundamentals in some yeah. ways. Uh, this is a development guy, and I do think that they're when they get down to making the final cuts, I do think it's going to be a choice. Hey, real quick, uh, Eric Vazquez chimes in here, the YouTube comment section. Guys, any updates on when Kevin O'Connell will be on the show? We are, Can we just say that it's probably going to happen soon? But yeah. I feel like if we say, oh, it's going to happen on this yeah. day, and then he gets busy or something. Yes. Um, tentatively next week. Mm-hmm. Ho- so hopefully that. next week. Hopefully yeah. tentatively. We're trying to get a time. We, we've got a day picked. Again, to your point, I don't, don't want to promise the day. But tentatively, it will be next week. I'm rubbing elbows with some Vikings PR guys this weekend. Maybe I'll massage that and see if we can confirm it. Well, they'll be so drunk at that exactly. thing that they won't recall. Exactly. And then, and then you'll go back to them at work, and they're going to be like, we talked. And you'll be like, oh, okay, forget it. No, we need, now we need to crowdsource two different from mm-hmm. the audience here. What do you want Declan to ask drunk people from NFL organizations or Vikings? And what do you want us to ask Kevin O'Connell when we get him back on the show? I'd love to hear some suggestions from people. Send us, send us uh, comments on YouTube and, and tweets. At it. Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Dex Tweets. I love it. So, all right. So, so Jaron Hall, firmly the number three quarterback. Yep. As should be expected. Yep. And it, what's funny is we spent several years kind of lamenting, God, the Vikings don't have an actual legitimate backup quarterback. They keep running out sort of inexperienced guys. So I'm fine with this. Their objective is to win games. If Kirk goes down, Nick Mullins gives you a chance to at least like win two of four games or something. Mm-hmm. And then you can just decide, is Jaron Hall worth keeping as a third quarterback on your 53-man roster? Or do you want to roll the dice and sneak him on the practice squad? We'll Thank see. You. We'll see. Okay. All right. Talking point number two. I've talked about this before. I think the last two times we've done the live post-OTA show. But I actually um, uh, talked to this player today, so I want to elaborate on it because it's one of the, it's one thing I've seen a lot of that I think is really intriguing. And no, 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 that doesn't count. Purple purgatory. That's a, That's great, a great question, question Phil. To th- those of you who aren't watching, <laughs> Phil just got a great question point that doesn't count. Kevin O'Connell actually did say that today um, because he gave a. He, he gave a brief uh, uh, briefing to us, uh, and I think it was a Dane Mizutani question. Great question. Mm. Anyway. If I was there, I would be getting great question points, just so mm-hmm. you know. If I was one of the assembled media, My question I, every day I'd be getting great, great question, question points. Great question points, because I was asking why guys were absent. 
Well, could you find like a question? Could you find a different angle about the guy that's absent to maybe get a good question point? No, I'm not doing that. Is Jordan Addison still absent? He was there today, but again, well, he's not been absent one time that I've seen. Now we were told that that he was like last Friday. Obviously, we didn't have access. He has not practiced for the last three OTAs. I don't know what's wrong. I asked. I was told it's he'll be fine. I was told you didn't see anything. You didn't hear anything. So he's fine. And then I tried to ask him, of course, three weeks ago, and I was told nothing because he just walked right by me. Sort of like high school. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) talking point number two is Josh Metellus and his role, okay? So after practice today, I... We talked to him, but I want to know more about this because he is literally playing what I can describe as a hybrid rover type of role, oh. um, which is, so when we're talking about multiplicity of defenses, right? It's going to be multiple. Whoa. Multiplicity of multiplicity defenses. of defenses. When we're discussing that, you know, it's exciting to talk about, but until you see things that look different, it's not, you know, it's like, okay, what does that mean exactly? But Metellus talked about the fact that he essentially has been asked. So he did say last year there were different times when he played safety, played uh, in the nickel or dime, and played linebacker. But he was basically told uh, going into the offseason to learn those positions. And he's been playing all three. Now, what this is is the two starting safeties right now, first-team safeties, not surprisingly, Cam Bynum, Harrison Smith. Mm Mm-hmm. But Metellus will line up in the nickel at times. He will line up as a linebacker at times. And he is, again, for lack of a better term, a rover. But I think this is, I don't think this is a test case. Could, I could be totally wrong, too. In, in four months, I could look like a complete, complete dork if this gets re- replayed. But this strikes me as they are installing and they are going to do these things. This does not strike me as a rope-a-dope. It does not strike me as a, they're purposely trying different people here. I think that Josh Metellus, between athletic ability and also smarts, because they told him, you need to learn everything, has done that. I think this could throw in an enormous wrinkle to teams that aren't expecting it. And even my describing it, won't help them because when it's unveiled, they're going to have to figure out basically snap by snap. If he's on the field where he's going. Okay. So a bunch of people in the YouTube comments here wondering, okay, you're mentioning every safety except for Lewis scene. So can we wrap that into is, is he full go now or is he still limited coming off the surgery? So three weeks ago, he talked after the OTA and said, he's fine. He's good. He's good to go. So he is saying he is, Full go. Yes, the training staff, they might be like, well, we're being cautious here. Yeah. Or, But today, he was on the field practicing, and he is right now a second-team safety. So he's allowed physically to do all the things that everyone else is doing. Yes. But he's just working with this. So he's behind. Is he behind Metellus, too, technically? Because Met- well, it sounds like Metellus is doing all this rover stuff. Metellus is a second-team safety with seen as true safeties. But Metellus is being incorporated into the first team snaps in this hybrid role. Hmm. So, so seen as there is no question right now, seen as a second teamer. And I'm probably asking questions that we just 
don't know the answer to, but sure. do you think he's a second teamer because he's coming off of a compound fracture injury and they want to ease him in as a second teamer? Or do you think he's a second teamer because he's not good enough to be a starter right now? I think it's a combination of both. I think it would be silly to dismiss the compound fracture, but I also think it would be silly to say, because I mean, the guy played two defensive snaps, if I'm not mistaken, in like four games before he got hurt last year. No. So um, I think there's a chance that he is simply not what they thought. Uh, and so far, and, and this could change, but I think there's a chance that he is not as ahead of the game as a guy like Bynum, Metellus, and that is 100% a concern. That's that is a position, a con- obviously, let's let the summer play out. Let's get Let's yes. get to actual training camp and preseason games and stuff, but that's not a position that should take you all that long to assimilate, right? It's, it's safety. It's not starting quarterback. Well, it depends on what they ask, right? Cause like if it's, if it's the old Zim defense, Harrison Smith role, then that's asking a lot. But when, but if we're just talking play safety, we're not even gonna ask you to be a robber. We're not going to ask you to do a ton. We just want you to play a position. Then yes, this is, if, if Lewis Cena is not starting on opening day at safety, there have to be questions asked about it. See, I, I, God, I hate even like it's it's still early on this. So, but I'll I'll just say one more thing on it because I'm not ready to say he's a bust because he's with the second team or is coming off the, a compound. The rest of the people in our comments are saying, I that. know, I know, but it's it's if he is a bust or if he's not what they thought, it's a double blow because you're drafting a non you traded back from 12 to still draft a non-premium position in the first round. If you're going to do either of those things, if you're going to trade back in the first round and not select a premium position with a top 15 pick, yep. or if you're going to just, with your only first round pick, you're going to take a safety or a guard, right? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, their first two picks last year were safety and guard, mm-hmm. which kind of goes against... Quasi's ethos in terms of positional value and everything that th- that they did in Cleveland for the most part with the draft. So it's just you're drafting a safety and a guard with your first two draft picks. You better be damn sure that those are elite level players. And right now, especially after Ed Ingram gave up more pressures than any guard in the NFL last year, it's a it's a bad look when you whiff on a quarterback in the first round or a wide receiver or an edge rusher. But at least you're swinging for premium positions that, if they pan out, are going to move the needle for your team. Yes. You should be able to find safeties later in the draft. You should be able to find guards later in the draft. So if you're that confident in one of those positions to draft a first-rounder and a second-rounder, and they still are just like, after their first season, you're wondering whether they're even you know, ready to put on the field. So, again, it's it's early. I'm not here to judge anything until we actually see football games, but it's it's something to keep an eye on. So the, the intriguing thing about that move, too, is this. So at 12, they trade back to 32nd. Jamison Williams, the receiver who's now suspended for a period of time for gambling, no. was taken by Detroit. Okay, so we can debate that one because he looks like if he's going to play, and who knows, but he looks like he is going to be a player. But the real question i think that's going to haunt them at the end of the day if safety was their intention in the first round is the fact that two picks after they traded back so at pick 14 baltimore takes kyle hamilton Mm -hmm. who is a hell of a player so like there's two there's a double whammy there of potentially getting too cute 
And yeah, I, I mean, if again, if you're a first round pick from 2022 on opening day, if he is healthy and set to go, which right now we have no reason to believe he isn't or won't be, if he's not starting at safety two two years in now, I mean, yeah, it's got to be questioned. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, to move back 20 spots like that, draft a non-premium position, and then that guy after a couple seasons is a bust. Is a, yeah, it's, I think it's bad process. Sometimes bad results don't mean bad process, but we'll see. We just buried Lewis Seen there after uh, like three OTA observations, but I'm, I'm just curious what he the deserves plan is. a chance the rest of the summer. I'm just curious what the plan is there. Before we get to the rest of your digital or virtual notebook, let's tell the audience about our friends at the Meadows at Mystic. If you're looking to get out, one of the best golf courses in the upper Midwest, the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Next. That's right. In fact, it's Father's Day coming up, right? Got Father's Day in a few weeks here. Why don't you go to the Meadows at Mystic Lake, book a tee time for Father's Day, and or you can scoop up a frequent player card that gives you type uh, type of access, pre-access to book those tee times. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is a, is a great course, but it also can fill up quick on that tee, team sheet, uh, tee time sheet. And if you get this frequent player card, it gives you a special access to that. You can go to golfthemeadows.com to book those tee times or learn more. Also enjoy a cold one at the Meadows Bar and Grill and go check out that pro shop. Go to golfthemeadows.com to stay up to date. And a shout out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. If you're a business owner out there, maybe you are taking a business over from your parents. You're, uh, it's a family-owned business and you're the next-generation business owner. Federated is working very closely with next-generation business owners. You can find a full list of industries Federated specializes in at federatedinsurance.com. Over 100 years of experience in risk management and helping elevate businesses. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. All right, back to Judd's OTA observations. All right, so the as I discussed before, the two-day mandatory mini camp is next, if I'm not mistaken, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, that is where the rubber is going to meet the road on a few very important talking points here as far as who is here and who, who is not. Now, again, today, Justin Jefferson, absent, voluntary, okay? Daniel Hunter, absent, voluntary. Next week is not. And there are, there are a few ways that we should prepare um, the Purple Daily fan club viewers to go because this is not cut and dry. Uh, there is a chance that both Jefferson and Hunter do not show up. If that's the case, they will be fined. Subject to fine. I believe the league has rescinded the ability also to forgive fines. So hmm. if you're fined, you are now fined. The team also, interesting. The team can't be like, all good, sorry, we didn't fine you. I think the league has now, because, of course, the, the league completely dominates the Players Association. It's a complete joke. So they have basically said, if you're fined, you're fined. So wait, so if the, is it only if it's an unexcused absence? Like, let's say, for instance, that Daniil Hunter and the Vikings or Justin Jefferson and the Vikings are close on a contract, but, oh, man, we just need, like, another 48 hours to hammer out some legal details, and we don't want to. I think you need to show up, and that's what also could happen. 
Now, I don't think Hunter is going to come near here. I might be totally wrong without a new contract. Jefferson, if I was a betting man, I would say will come to, to the camp. Whether he will participate or not remains to be seen. And I think if he shows up and says, I'm not going to take part, but I'm, I'm here, they won't, they won't, don't have to find him. Then. Is it a weird look that Jefferson just has been absent entirely, that he wouldn't even yeah. just show up and. Of course it is. Yeah, he hasn't shown up for anything. But why is that? To me, that would signal that there's some disagreement or tension behind the scenes. I told you this contract is going to be, it's going to get done in my opinion, and it's going to be a killer contract and Jefferson deserves it. But I mean, we're still, and, and this is not an insult. It's, it's probably actually price. We are still dealing with a Rob Brzezinski led negotiation and he knows what's best financially. Like the Jefferson camp, I'm sure asked for the world. Well, they'll get part of it. They ain't getting the whole thing. Like that's not how this works. And I get it. I get if you're, if you're talking about, a generational contract here. There's really no reason to risk. I'm not, it's voluntary. I just, I just think optically if Kirk cousins was skipping all these OTAs, I think we'd hammer him. We would. And the fact that Jefferson skipping these OTAs were kind of like, Oh, he's Justin Jefferson. You know, he can do no he's wrong. Working out. He's working out by himself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm with you. It's so a, it, it's a it feels a little hypocritical. Just to be like, Oh, whatever. It's, he's Justin Jefferson. Just, he's the best receiver in the NFL. He can kind of do whatever he wants. And, I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't know what to do with it other than say that it feel it feels a little weird that he's not at least hanging out with a backwards hat. Hey, we don't want to risk until the ink is dry, something dumb happening at practice, but maybe he can be around to, I don't know. It just, something feels a little weird. I'm not saying it's nuclear that he's like demanding right. out. I just think some, something smells a little off. So I believe that, uh, that Thursday afternoon, it won't be open, but I believe it'll be the ninth and final OTA that, that's planned. He hasn't been at one. It's not worth panicking panicking about, but it's a story. It's a story when, to your point, he could show up for one or two. And and mark my word, if Justin Jefferson had been at TCO, yeah. guess what? Vikings.com, when, when they stream the highlights, would have shown him standing on the sideline or something. So mm-hmm. he has not been there. So I think to ignore it is foolish because he clearly, this this is not some like, hey, you know, this year I've decided to skip everything. It's not that. It's a contract thing. And I'm not surprised. And I don't even blame either side. But to ignore it would be a mistake. So, and Hunter, I think, is cut and dry. That either gets done or he does not play. I think that gets done. Jefferson, I think, gets done. But I find it, you know, I think Quazy did himself. And it's weird. He's a smart guy. I don't, I think Quazy should talk more. But I also think that he's got to be careful. I think calling the Justin Jefferson negotiation a champagne problem was a big mistake. Hmm. Because when so you're like the second time he's put his foot in his mouth. Then. Well, and I've heard that there was another one at the combine where there there were some folks uh, on the Viking side unhappy with his truthfulness about Kirk's future, which mm-hmm. which I don't blame him on on the on that one. I don't blame him one bit. But when you call a contract negotiation a champagne problem. In other words, the guy's so good, it'll get done. If you are the agent for JJ, what are you going to say? You're going to say it's a champagne problem, baby. Show me the money. <laughs> Show, say it with me. Show me the money. Show me the money. If you want the full review, the Mackie and Judd and Declan review of Jerry Maguire, you can find that on the Movie Reviews with Mackie and Judd podcast feed or on the Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd Friday episodes.
full breakdown of one of the great sports rom-coms of all time. So I, I also saw a question talking about the third veteran who has not been there. I saw a question about Cook. Dalvin Cook, not there still. Can I just say this? I am sick of this. Can we end this? Dude, did on you a, see the latest as, as we started recording or, or streaming live here? So Adam Schefter no, I didn't see this. had Alexander Madison on his podcast today. Oh. There's a video clip that just posted 32 minutes ago. Okay. Vikings running back Alex Madison discusses what Dalvin Cook's presence has done for him and what his absence would mean to him. I've not listened to this yet. But why is Alex Madison going on Adam Schefter's podcast? This seems this seems hyper agenda driven by somebody. Is it Alex Madison's agent being like, enough is enough? My guy is a starter. We've known yeah. it for three months. We're putting him on Adam Schefter's podcast because here's what I want to know. Does because Madison's not like a national figure. Why is he on Adam Schefter's podcast? Who is his agent and who does his agent represent? Is there another, is Adam scratching the back of Madison's agent? Hey, if you put my guy on your podcast to show he's the front man for this running back group with the Vikings, enough is enough. I'll scratch your back later. Can we just end it? It's kind of weird timing. But can we just end it? Like, this is ridiculous now. You didn't trade him clearly when you could have. And now what are you waiting for? And, And by the way, I forget where the report came from, but this whole silly, silly storyline of, well, the Vikings aren't aren't releasing or trading him yet because they're trying to do right by Cook is a bunch of malarkey, dude. If they if they were going to try and do right doing by him Cook, a solid, they would have they would have gotten rid of him three months ago, so he could literally choose any team that has salary cap space, right? Yes. At this point, there is no doing right by him. No, he's he's sort of screwed. Because, like, the Dolphins could take him, but it's not like, oh, my God, we need you. And the Jets, too. There's some Jets team out there. Yeah, well, dude, Brees Hall's going to come. Brees Hall was one of the best running backs in the league before he got hurt. He's coming back at some point, right? Yes. But so, I mean, yeah. I'm it really feels tired. like they overplayed their hand. If they, had a, if they had a deal back in March, as was reported by, what, Rappaport had that? Or somebody, Breer, yesterday? Yes. And they didn't take it for whatever reason. It feels like they've overplayed their hand now. So okay, a lot of a lot of roster negativity here. Where are you at? Where are you guys at right now on Quasi? I feel like oh, there's I... been some there's been some subtle drive-by Quasi comments here, just about the scene draft pick. No, from from us, the three of us. From so that we talked about the scene thing, which is Quasi Shade. We've talked about the Dalvin well, thing, which is Quasi Shade. The Champagne problems comment and Jefferson not showing up. Yeah, I just don't think that, that that was I think that was a silly thing to say. Phil Mackey is the job. Well, that's not very nice. <laughs> I'll Phil's take it. no JD. That means I'm an NFL well. Yeah. Well, he never played an NFL game, I guess. Off-season NFL roster caliber quarterback, John David Booty. So, I I think with the crazy shade potentially, there are going to be things. I mean, I think that this is why I think the scene thing is why O'Connell got so annoyed in the first round when it appeared that Quasi was trying to trade back again. Oh, and, like, and stick like, to, like stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. Take Addison. Now, he has not practiced the last three OTAs. So we'll see there as well. But, yeah, I think that there is definitely a learning curve here. Like, I am not prepared at all to go in on Quasi. It's far too premature to do that. But no. there's definitely things to be learned here. Um if he indeed, there are rumors out there that he could have gotten a day two draft pick for Cook and didn't, 
If that wait, is wait, true, day two, the day a second or, th- or no, I'm sorry, a third round pick. The rumor oh. is, well, or, yeah, that's a third round pick is day two. Day two, yes, yes. The second and third round is Friday. Day two. There's rumors out there that the Dolphins originally, because they had nobody. Keep in mind, they used a third round pick on a running back, Phil. Now that, but that goes along with what you said, and I told you that that was a moronic statement, and you might be right. The Vikings so you may have turned out a third round pick, a third round pick for Dalvin Cook. That is the rumor. Don't aggregate it because it's Jeez. nothing more than a rumor. But the <laughs> Dolphins, <laughs> but the Dolphins used. Keep in mind, the Dolphins used a third round pick on a running back, right? So uh, I would be of, I would be baffled if they turned down a third round pick you. for Dalvin Cook. If like, they did what it, do you what would you want at this point? That's insane. I agree. But it would explain if that happened. Let's say it was a fourth round pick, just to yep. give him a little more credit. Which still, I would have taken a fourth round pick. It would explain why he hasn't just been released yet. Because you're, well, if we turn this down, someone's got to offer us a fifth, right? I don't know. I'm not out yet. Uh, no, I'm not. I, I don't think we can be out yet. I love the Hoxson trade. Uh, yeah. I thought that took some yeah. guts to do. That's not something that has happened a lot in terms of NFL trade deadline moves. And I know the Vikings fans wanted a second round pick. I will take a caliber player of TJ Hawkinson over the second round pick in day two of the draft, mostly anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, if he's building this out like an investment, you can't be pulling out your money because you're scared. Something might be losing value. While other things are also skyrocketing, right? Like you gotta, gotta wait this out a little bit here. I'm not, I'm not ready to completely panic on Quasi Adolfo Mensa and, and how he's building this thing either. Yeah. Agree completely. Yeah. But okay. I mean, we have to talk about, because lo- lots of people don't, we have to talk about the potential good things and flaws. Yeah, so I, I would I say that I would say just sampling the live comments coming in here on the YouTube channel, a lot of people are down on or very much questioning Quasi or think he's lost. I've seen that word a couple times. So it's so it, it's so early though. You, I think you have to give a guy let his first and second draft classes pan out and see what happens. But yeah, there's some interesting conversations to be had yep. here couple of final uh, news and notes from today. TJ Hawkinson there, not practicing. He practiced in the previous two OTAs that w- we were allowed in. Uh, he appears to be absolutely fine. Um, we don't talk about it a lot, but keep in mind, he's up for a contract too. Now, he, he's in the same boat as far as it's not like a huge problem, uh, but they definitely want to sign him long-term. Like, you got to think at some point in time, right before training camp starts, that Jefferson, Hawkinson, Hunter, one of those gets done. And then as training camp starts, another gets done. And TJ Hawkinson, um, and Dex and I, Phil, talked about this this morning on the first episode of PD today. But there's an interesting conversation to be had here. Because is Hawkinson going to be, and his agents, are they going to be pursuing a contract of a top-line tight end or are they also but but are they also now going to fall into the group who says hold on a second here my guy got traded to your team he showed up and if you like look at who did hawkinson like all the production who did that replace the answer is thielen so like there's another sticking point here where tight ends and i don't blame them more and more the top ones who can catch passes are pressing to be paid way more i'd be curious where Hawkinson falls in there because what you know one is the Kelsey Kittle uh conversation the other is okay hold on a second here I'm actually producing at times like a receiver yeah I think but the but the fact that Travis Kelsey makes like 
half of what Tyree Kill makes. Until Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are the first guys in that line. Of course, those guys aren't up for contracts this offseason like Hawkinson is. So you can fight that fight all you want. At the end of the day, though, if I'm an, if I'm an NFL organization, I would say, yeah, I mean, we definitely use you as a pass catcher, but, I mean, you've never had a 1,000-yard season. You're not catching 120 passes for 1,800 yards like Justin Jefferson is. So get get back to us when you're averaging 16 yards a catch, 1,500 yards. Now, Travis Kelsey, that's the crazy thing. Kelsey hits these crazy numbers. I mean, Kelsey is, like, up there with some of the top wide receivers in terms of productivity. And and he only, I say only, because I think his family or future family will be fine whenever he settles down. It's like, fit what, 14 or $15 million a year for him? No, I think it's 14. So... Yeah, the, the Chiefs literally said, we are so good with Travis Kelsey and whoever else, we can get rid of Tyreek Hill. Right. And he can go make $30 million, and we'll win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's how valuable Travis Kelsey is to the offense, and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But on the real quick, on the Daniel Hunter front, Eric Eager said something when he joined our podcast from Sumer Sports, longtime friend of our uh, of our radio show back in the day, too. Because one of the things that I've been speculating on is, hey, Daniel Hunter, 28 years old, I think he's going to be 29 later this year, but he's late 20s. He's right at that age where elite edge rushers have their last real elite season, and then they just kind of go into playable, good, but not a guy that you you don't want to be paying generally 30-year-old edge rushers top dollar because you're not necessarily getting the value back. Sure. But Eric said, based on the way Daniil Hunter goes about his work, he's not the most explosive off the ball. He's a great finisher. And it's it's like that his game is going to age more gracefully than other edge rushers. That makes me much more if that's if that's the belief in the scouting industry that hey Daniel Hunter is going to age more gracefully. I'm more comfortable paying him like you know top dollar for the next three years. So if the Vikings think that it probably makes it more likely he does sign an extension and sticks around for two or three more years. Dex, you you actually. Uh... Quoted some contract specific terms for Daniel this morning, right? Yeah, it was uh, PFF Brad joined Will Raggetts on on SI.com and they kind of projected what a contract would look like for Daniel Hunter. Uh, and given his injury history and just kind of the complicated nature of the contract as a whole, they basically settled on three years, sixty-seven and a half million with thirty-seven guaranteed. That so dude, really, that's a deal for the Vikings. It's yep. a huge deal for the Vikings, and it's really more with the 37 guaranteed. It's really more like a two-year deal, it's more yep. like a two-year deal that gives them a bunch of cash in the first two years. That turns them into 29-30. Um, okay. And look, Khalil Mack and and other uh, Von Miller. I know a little bit different, but you can still get somewhat of a payday when you're north of 30 if if you remain elite. Um, I don't know if the Vikings will commit to that after if they indeed signed that three-year projected contract, but. If that's the type of deal they offered to Neil, I would take that every single time. I would yeah. love that for the Vikings. Because he'd be average annual value. He'd be, uh, I think he'd be like just outside the top five or maybe like, he'd be like six or something. I think okay. it was the six. Yeah. And and like you said, you'd be able to, now they, 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 they do have a lot of leftover bonus cap accounting money from the old contract. So there'd be the 67 million on the books over three years plus like, the thirteen million dollar cap hit. So his cap his cap hit's not coming down a whole lot, but that's why I mean they have they have like what ten or fifteen million in space 
Yeah, and get they haven't rid of even Cook, done you'll have more. Restructure. I know. I'm counting That's Cook, the, I guess, in that okay. number. Okay, yeah. yeah. Get rid of him. Allow the poor guy to fly. Be free, Dalvin. Be free. Um, the one thing on Daniil, too, which he is going to have to get past, is this. He and his reps agreed to a terrible second contract. They took a team, and that's not the Vikings' fault. Like, they signed it. And yeah. then they came back and said, this is a bad contract. No bleep, Sherlock. And then they, they the Vikings took some of the back-loaded money in said contract and moved it up. But they didn't change the contract. But the issue is this. He's never going to make that back. So, like, it's not like on my on this contract, I'm recouping it all. No, you're not, dude. You signed a bad contract, and as far as I know, you have at every turn refused to leave this agent. He's your guy, and you and you swear by him. That's on you. So I think he deserves a good contract. I think what what uh, Dex said, PFF Brad said, is perfect, which is three years. That is actually a two year contract. But the reality is this: Daniel Hunter cost himself millions of dollars. And that's nobody's fault but Daniil's agent and, unfortunately, him. Yeah, sounds like he's got to go from Bob Sugar to Jerry Maguire. Yeah, show me the money. Or, <laughs> or no, you know what? The problem, he actually might might have retained Jerry, oh. and he should have gone to Bob. Yeah. Bob at the agency. Yeah, and Bob, yeah, Bob had the backing of you know, the yeah, credible agency, whatever. So, Anything else in your digital notebook from today? Any other OTA? observations uh no that's about pretty, it um let's see there. yeah i got one more left uh makai blackman n- not surprisingly i think he got a few uh first team reps and i think i believe that in the nickel package i think he is the backup right now to byron murphy jr mm-hmm. who has not seen consistent playing time in these otas i don't know if there's you know because he he obviously was hurt last year at times no. So he has been brought along, I would call it just cautiously and slowly. Um, but I think I think of all the draft picks, I think Blackman has an actual chance to play here. Yeah. And, and if he can play in the slot as a rookie potentially at times, that's a huge bonus. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, and he, he played a ton in college, so he's got definitely has experience. Very interesting. That's all I got for you. There you go. Judd's OTA observations here live on this Tuesday on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Uh, why don't you tell the audience, too, about Finch Home Solutions, that, that glorious purple-themed van that can pull up and solve all your home problems. That's right. If you have a problem outdoors, indoors, if it's electronics, guess what? Finch Home Solutions, my friend Cody, a massive Vikings fan, is going to pull up in his van. There it is right there. For those of you watching, you're saying, is that Ragnar pulling up? No, no, no. It's Cody Finch and his team because they're going to come to your house and fix any problems. Installation, repair, flickering lights, dead outlets inside, outdoor lighting projects, car chargers. Finch can cover it all. And I have firsthand experience from them coming to my house and doing some repairs that they are courteous. They are quick. They are fantastic. So don't try to DIY home stuff when it comes to your electronics. Uh Uh-uh. Go to finchhomesolutions.com or call them 612-357-2604, finchhomesolutions.com. Check them out. And, of course, tell them that Judd and the Purple Daily Crew sent you. Love it. Love it. Uh, Thank you guys for hanging out with us here. Taking some time out of your Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow we got Write That Down predictions and accountability session. And, uh, yeah, we're hoping... Next week sometime, Kevin O'Connell 
Once someone comes on the show a couple times, I think they become a friend of the show. Friend of the show. Oh, Declan just takes once. Just one time? Bill Guerin basically had said hello, and Declan declared friend of the show. And then called me an idiot like three minutes later. But, I mean, that's that's normal. That, that's not a surprise. Too. Yeah. <laughs> he said I was stuck in the 80s. Imagine that. Stuck in the 80s. Well, that North Stars banner above your <laughs> above your head would probably validate that, but that's uh, okay. <laughs> I have no idea what he's talking about. No clue. Amazing. As I'm wearing an '80s Ric Flair shirt too, so I yeah, guess we're exactly. all we're all sort of well stuck, stuck in the '80s here. All and right, that, that's a wrap. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. See you tomorrow.